episode 437 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast wait hold on it's episode 439 you say i stand corrected but my name is orbital albert and today's episode's going to be a much more calm and sophisticated relaxing episode by the fire I've got on some nice uh, Christmas music in the background, a little bit of fireplace sounds. You can hear the crackling wood in the background. And I'm just very mellowed out. Finally got all my Christmas orders out from our two companies about three days before Christmas. And I've just been enjoying family and friends at least the ones that live here on the East Coast. And my hope for you this Christmas is that you also spent a little bit of time with family and friends. And maybe you spent a lot of time with your immediate family, more time than you would have this year, more so than any other year. It's easy to lose sight of why every single solitary year we have to be grateful every year that there's not a world-changing pandemic. I'm not going to lie and blow smoke up Santa's butt and say that it was a perfect year because it certainly wasn't. But if you're anything like me, and I think you are if you're listening to this, Pinball is important to you, and perhaps this year, more so than any other year, we saw pinball take center stage. With everyone trapped at home, not able to come out of their their houses, uh, nobody could go to arcades, and all of a sudden, tons of people who love pinball and who play in arcades all of a sudden decided to rent one to have one at their house. I was recently thinking about all my pinball nerd friends, my OGs of pinball, okay, my original gangsters of pinball, my Monday Night Pinball crew, my Loppel crew, and I was thinking back to all those guys, especially the Monday Night Pinball guys. And I have to give a shout out to Tony Lima because unfortunately Call the Office is gone now, that revolutionary pinball punk rock bar in London, Ontario, the Forest City, my old hometown. So long call the office and maybe someday you'll return and your bathrooms will be slightly less disgusting. But when you do return, come back and come back hard with that same selection of rad pinball machines or better or else don't come back at all. Because call the office if you're just going to come back and be a punk rock bar, sans pinball. Well, who's got time for that? 
sterns got backed up sails so so heavy that all of Santa's elves themselves couldn't even get Gary Stern off of that back order. But I'll tell you one thing, back orders are better than no orders. And while some pinball companies have back orders, two or three of the best, of course, uh, including Spooky Pinball and Jersey Jack, we've got other companies that are waiting for orders, some smaller ones. Uh, that being said, I know also that Haggis Pinball has done very well in the last year. Jersey Jack had probably... The Guns N' Roses release was probably the best release ever that we've ever seen in pinball. I'm not sure if someone can top that. But I'm, for one, excited to watch every other pinball company besides Jersey Jack scramble next year in 2021... They're going to scramble to try to keep up, to try to catch up, to try to have a launch as rad as that launch. And that for me is going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be fun. And in the future, if you've, or in the past, I suppose, if you've given up on me because I went off topic too often, maybe I didn't go off topic enough, I can assure you that in 2021, I'll go off topic just the right amount. Not. All right, that was kind of lame. But I am going to try to make the show slightly better. Um, I'm taking a look here on Anchor. And I did uh, 100, 119. This is the 119th episode. Uh, hoping to have Julie Dorsers on the next few days. Uh, you just heard Glenn talking about her. Julie Dorsers is not only an incredible pinball player, but a great tournament director and an even nicer person. Um, and she was my tournament director at Monday Night Pinball. And with Monday Night Pinball, Monday Night Pinball hopefully will return to Speed City Records. Mike Speedy, of course, owned all the machines that call the office, but... Julie's going to be joining the show, and we're going to be talking about all things pinball, including our, our hopeful, fingers crossed, predictions for next year, as well as how, talking about what Call the Office Monday Night Pinball meant to both of us. And, uh, you know, she helped start it, so it was even more special to her. Um, in taking a look at my IFBA points, I realized that I had three wins there, not two as I had suspected. I must have forgot about one because I was having so much fun that night. But what else What else happened in 2020? I think just by going through my episodes, this will kind of give us a year in review. But before I do that, I wanted to give you, the listener, a little gift. Last year, before COVID, I had been working my butt off on getting some Pimmel Nerds podcast trading cards done. I've been talking about them since slightly before Pemberg last year. And with everything that happened at COVID, it went to the back burner and then it went to no burner. And honestly, at a, at a point there, like we had no income coming from anywhere at one point. All the markets were closed. All the stores we sell our products in were closed. We weren't selling anything online anymore. You know, we weren't going to either of our two or three uh, daily markets or weekly, sorry, Saturday, Sunday markets, weekly markets. We weren't doing one-off shows. Uh, Danielle, you know, didn't have a job at that time, didn't have any income. We weren't sure if we were going to get served. 
and it was a scary moment. And the last thing on my plate was going to worry about getting trading cards. So I recently, with doing labels for all of our new homesteading products, came up with an idea that I think will work for all the listeners because I promised a lot of people trading cards and I still want to come up with them. And recently, when I asked Julie to do the show, she had reminded me, hey, where the heck are these trading cards? And it made me realize a lot of people are probably disappointed that I promised to work my butt off and get these done and I didn't concentrate on them hard. So my personal last minute Christmas gift to you, each and every listener, is that I'm going to work my butt off, ma'am. Now, maybe you just listen to the show and you could care care less if I get these out there. But I know there's at least 50 people out there that I promised to help get on cards. And the big issue was when I sent out for all the information, Gamma Goat, Ian Hareware himself, a fellow Poor Man Podcast tribe member, Ian, let me know that if I'm going to be selling them or getting money back in any way, shape, or form, like giving them to Patreons, that I would absolutely need to not only have a photo credit, but also inform the person that I would be doing such. So I started going through and asking people for photos or which photos they would prefer and getting a name of a photo credit. And I found out, well, let's just say more than half the people I messaged originally, I still have never heard back from. But I'm going to go out of my way to work my butt off and anyone who very simply is listening to this and has already filled out the information for the pinball nerds podcast trading card please just facebook message me or email me don't facebook message me more than two pictures i won't look but two pictures max ideally one picture that you love doesn't have to be with pinball in fact i think it would be funny if we're the only arcade or pinball trading cards where you're not necessarily like where you have a trophy or a medal or standing in front of a pinball machine. I want to see you like Glenn, the skateboarder's pinball card. He's going to be doing like, he's going to be skateboarding surprise, surprise doing this crazy move with no shirt on where he's like half upside down in a half pipe. Right. I want a picture of you like catching a big giant fish or a picture of you doing the Iditarod. Okay. Probably most of you are not mushers, but you know what I mean? Like doing one of your other hobbies, Because these are supposed to be fun, weird, wild, wacky, kind of tongue-in-cheek. And it would be really nice as well as as many people as possible could use another listener. In fact, the gentleman who gave me the term listener is Mr. Joe Cervino takes incredible pictures. He is the pinball degenerate himself, of course. And he is at every Pinberg. And I thought with my Pinberg being the last Pinberg ever, possibly, and Joe's Pinberg being the last Pinberg ever, and how many incredible rad pictures he got there it would be great if a lot of people chose to use his pictures as well i'm sure he would appreciate that i'd love to give him credit on there and we all know those pictures look incredible so the next question is well what changed from last year last year the cheapest quote i got was 2375 dollars american to get 2500 cards printed off i wanted to do 50 cards each of the 50 people And each of the 50 people who volunteered would be getting nine cards for free because that's how many we're going to fit basically per sheet when we were going to attempt to try to do them in a card style. And now what I want to do is I want to do Garbage Pail Kids style. So for any of you who immediately did know who that is, where were you and what were you doing all the way through the 80s, 90s, and 2000s? In fact, Topps Playing Cards still makes them to this day. And... Oh, thank you, love. You're welcome. Uh, that's dropped target, Danielle, everybody. Honey, I'm having a 
calm, relaxed, classy Christmas chat before you knocked over my microphone. Sure, sure you did. I love the crackle of the fireplace. It's a nice added touch. Thank you. Did you want to say like a happy holidays and Merry New Year to all the listeners? Happy holidays and Merry New Year to all those listeners out there. Stay safe, my friends. That was nice, hon. What type of tea we got today? are going to be having the Queen of Hearts, the delicious raspberry Earl Grey. That sounds great. Thanks, Ed. Yeah. All right, listeners. Here's the deal. My favorite cards growing up were not hockey cards. They were not baseball cards. I collected both of those. I even had some football cards. I had WWF cards. I had golf storm cards. I remember those. Uh, uh, I had uh, Colonel, uh, what, what was his name? I forget his name, but anyways. Um, Colin Powell, Colonel General Colin Powell or whatever his name is. I had him and he was like, that card was worth like 50 bucks or something silly. Anyways, my favorite cards of all and the only ones I still collect to this day, even my good old guitar is just packed with them and it's Garbage Pail Kids. And I love that they are versatile. You can stick them on your fridge. You can put them on your guitar. You can put them on your amp. You can put them on old pinball machines with bad art on them. Okay, maybe don't do that. Maybe maybe coin doors if they can come off the coin door easily. But the biggest thing for me is the cost. I can get the cost down to well under a quarter. And the cost was going to be like 75 cents a card. So now, even if I don't want to make a single penny on all the cards, I can probably get away with selling packs of cards for like four or five bucks, depending on how many cards go in each pack. But getting ahead of myself here, I do want to recommit to getting them all done and printed because I can print them all out now for several hundred dollars at our local printers. And Danielle has promised as part of my Christmas gift to slowly, when she can, when her wrist is feeling up to it, because her wrist is still sore from doing all the chopping, because we save thousands of dollars a year on our tea labels by just getting big, large, like Bristol board sized sheets printed at the printer for a fraction of the cost on really nice, sticky, high quality gloss paper that's fairly firm and hard, about as firm and hard as a Garbage Pail Kids sticker is, which I realized from Albert's awesome applesauce labels. So what will be happening is I will, at minimum, minimum, Five cards per week over the next month. I want my Groundhog Day, which is a very special day for me as a Bill Murray fan, as a Bill Murray fanatic. Okay. The only thing I'm crazy, more crazier about than Bill Murray is maybe possibly Michael J. Fox. And that's because he was in not only Family Ties, but of course, Back to the Future. But I will update you with more information on the Pinball Nerds podcast trading card soon. Another reason I decided to bring them back was because I saw how excited Mr. Ian Hareworth, the Gamma Goat, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to all of the Pinterns, Chris the Pintern, Glenn the Skateboarder, uh, and of course, Julie Dorsers, who's going to come on the show, and I can't wait for that. And even if you're not a listener from London, Ontario, I hope that you'll still listen. People know Julie all across, uh, you know, it's not just local London people, but She's also just a rad player. She's got some really big finishes, which we're, we're going to talk about. But more importantly, we're going to talk about how much we miss Call the Office. Why? What? What? What gave? What's the elements? What magic do you need at a pinball location 
to have a really good, strong weekly tournament flowing? What elements need to be present for all of those things to work? And I'll tell you right now, Julie's going to give us some insights on that. But one of the most important things is you need, maybe perhaps even more important than the machines, some of you listeners will disagree, but you need a top quality, kind, compassionate, caring, hardworking tournament director because it's typically a thankless job. And especially with Julie with me, she quite often would get frustrated with me because I was always late to Monday Night Pinball. Even though she might scold me for it, she usually let me play, which was nice. In fact, I think she I think she got me in every single solitary time. So, Julie, I'm sorry I was late so often and caused so much grief for you. <laughs> I'll try to get you back with getting your Pinball Nerds podcast trading card done, hopefully in time for you to be on the show. And I'd like to send it to you via messenger while we're chatting so all the listeners can hear your sincere and genuine reaction to seeing how rad your card is. All right, let's get back into the year that was the dumpster fire known as the P.O. Shats. That's right, the P.O.S. that was 2020. Let's go back here to the first of the year. The first interview of the year was, in fact, on January. No, let's see here. I apologize. January 7th, and it was not an interview. It was an episode entitled, Why Star Wars and Attack from Mars is the Newest Virtual Pin. So that's pretty cool. That I didn't. I don't even remember doing that episode. That's the thing. I don't go back and listen to these most of the time, guys. Now on, and I ended up purchasing that. That should come a little around Groundhog Day. So it's a good thing I get the Pinball Nerds podcast cards done by then so that I can chill and play my 10 games I'm going to get on my V-Pin. Cannot wait for it. One-Up Arcade, thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing an affordable, easy-to-use, plug-and-play virtual pin, something I've been asking for for a long time. And that's why Christmas truly came early for Orby this year. Now, episode 322, my first interview of the year with was Miss, Mr. Rudy Soup. Go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to that. He is not only one of the most rad dudes on Buffalo Pinball, but he is the face of freaking pinball, okay? Rudy Soup has his own Twitch channel, of course, called Rudy Soup. And then he also streams under the Buffalo Pinball banner. So check that one out. Episode 323. Whoa, the very next episode. Look at this. Back-to-back interviews for you guys. This is all pre-COVID when I still had lots of energy and was doing good episodes. Wow. Uh, no, some of them are okay. Some of them are okay. Since, but being a little hard on myself, maybe. But That's what you do in a year-end review. You can't make the next year better if you don't figure out what you did bad on this year. And I did a lot of bad this year. So here's a cool thing. I just turned 40. I want to play pinball till the day I die. I plan on living to be like at least 88, right? Because 88 miles an hour, you know, 88, you know. Plan on doing a pinball podcast till at least 80. We're probably going to see four to 5,000 episodes of this bad boy. We're just getting started. They're going to get better. Some They're not going to all, they're not all going to be winners. They can't all be diamonds. Some of them are still just coal. I'm sorry. All right. Who was after Ian Gamago? That was fun. That was back on January 16th. Um, what? 
three interviews back to back to back within two weeks, guys. This is on January 16th. I interviewed Mr. Eric Stone right after he won the Open World Championships at Indisc, as well as the classic event. But he also won the Open World. So that was really cool. That was th Eric Stone. Thank you so much. And anyone who didn't hear that interview, I thought I did a terrific job in that interview. And I'll, I'm not going to lie, I was a little shocked when more people didn't listen to it. Um, it got, I think it got like 200 listens, but usually if I do an interview with like, I don't know, someone I consider as rad as Eric Stone, I typically get a little bit more. So, you know what? It was probably a weird time. It was, you know, mid-January. Everybody was, was thinking, oh man, just make the snow go away. I'd give everything to make the snow go away. And then COVID came and they said, bring back the snow. Leave 10 feet of snow for summer. Just let me go outside. Please. Please bring back the snow. Uh, episode 325, five pop podcasts. Five podcasts die and two podcasts that rise from the dead. Ah, okay. I can guess quite a few of them. It was January 20th. Uh, chat with last year's and this year's winner of all New Brunswick at the State Provincial Championships. Uh, I had on both Steve Fudge and Justin. Mr. Justin B. That's right. Got to speak with both of them. That was January 22nd. That was a fun interview. Uh, Steve Fudge's interview we had to do between the two bathrooms. It was the only place in the entire arcade that we could do it. And it was like minus 10 outside, so we couldn't do it outside. Then next, oh my God, we're already up to seven interviews and we're still in January. Wow. Next was David Dennis, episode 327. That was awesome. That was so fun. That was David Dennis's, uh, I think he had been on the Twip podcast or he had been on the, the Pinball show. Was Pinball Network even a thing then? I don't know. No, I think he did. I don't know. I don't know. He was on with Zach Manny at some, at some point. So, um. Yeah, that was all talking about the Fundio flippers, and I think we were talking about Stranger Things. We, he had just played in Toronto recently before that. Then another, I had like 10 interviews in January. Then I had Pinballers, a.k.a. The Castlemans, known as Pinballers on Twitch. That was before Carter Castleman uh, did the 24-hour stream. That was before Mike got to go on the Dead Flip Jurassic Park Challenge and killed it. That was before uh, they weren't they weren't quite as big back then. That was before I would guess they've probably doubled followers this year. So congrats to all of the Castlemans. You've shown that you are kings of the castle for Canadian streaming. I would say before them, as far as pinball streaming goes, not that I was like awesome, but there was very few pinball streams in Canada that were you know commanding ten to twenty people on a decent stream when they were playing a newer game, right? So. And maybe there is more pinball Canadian streamers I don't know about, but hey. Uh, episode 331, Macho Man Pinball Reveal. That's right. So Macho Man was supposed to reveal who he was at TPF, and he had came out saying he was going to do that. That that episode came out January 31st. Man, we got to rush through these. I'm never going to get through this in a 30-minute episode. Okay, let's go quicker here, and I'll just maybe name the interviews. Oh, saying sorry to Franchi again. Filling up my bellies, the ballot for the Twippies. Truce called. Um, Orby and a few other media peeps waved the flag while Orby does. I remember that. 
does his current top five with the ever-changing podcast landscape? Wow, that's I, I would go back and listen to that. Um, Truce Call, that would have been between Canada and I think probably with Jack Danger. Hopefully, I don't, I don't remember. Either way, Truce has been called. Uh, I'm at least on a friendly level with both of them. I'm on a friendly level as far as I know with most people in pinball. I am one. You don't, you don't get as weird and wild and wacky as me without ruffling some feathers and having some haters. But for the most part, I don't get very much hate mail. So yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> I don't get much mail at all. But the good news is at least I'm not getting hate mail, right? 125 themes that could be better than Hot Wheels. Oops. Sorry, American Pinball. Didn't love the theme, but you know what? Said this before. I'll say it again. Hot Wheels, you're growing on me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, for any of you who did hear Chris Coolius' uh, last episode where he said, you're growing on me at the start. I made that joke in chat during one of his spectaculars because I said, I don't know, Chris. I guess you're kind of growing on me. But I was totally kidding. He's not growing on me at all. No, he is. Chris, of course you are. A little bit. A little bit. Most episodes I actually do enjoy. And I believe since Chris's return, his podcasts have been a lot more positive. Sometimes in Twitch chat, the old Canada returns for revenge. To seek blood. No, he's Darth Vader. We need, we need him to balance the force. All of us other podcasts can't complain about, you know, him being rude or mean to the manufacturers for us because <laughs> I don't want to do it. I'll tell you that. He's doing a job that I don't want to do. Do I feel he goes overboard sometimes with it? For sure. Do I think he should play more pinball and enjoy pinball a little bit more often? And if he can afford like, you know, a $20,000 Neo Geo machine, I'm sure he can afford a $2,000 pinball machine to just leave there in between like his, because he seems to get one or two pinball machines per year and sell them and then go three to six months without one. And I've said this to him many times. I'll say it again. Chris, you need to play more pinball, whether that's on location or at your house. And even just rent one and help a lo local location if you have to. Let's go forward here. Here, Haggis. Oh, okay. This is uh, when uh, Chris Pintern got to interview Haggis, I believe. World's first VR interactive. Orby is proud to use his hard-hitting journalistic powers to break the story no one cares about. A VR topper is here. Okay. I'm sure Zach Many was the only one who read that one, probably. That was, or watched, listened to that one. That was episode 339. Don't remember what that was about. Top five Twippy host replacements. That's cool. I did that. Orby didn't press F5 fast enough. So that's when I teased the world and pretended I didn't get into Pimberg because I did not press F5 fast enough to get into Pimberg. Although at this point, I wish I hadn't have got in almost because I'm sure I will get the money back. But if I paid all the money to a friend who paid for it and I'm sure, hopefully it will come back from, I know the friend will give it back. I just, I hope Pimberg gives the money back to everybody because honestly, I could use that money to purchase a game. <clears throat> and as many of you listeners know, I would someday like to start either a barcade, a meadcade, a beercade, a cidercade, um, a kombucha cade. I don't, I don't think that one exists. Uh, a pinball museum, a pinball hall of fame. I don't know what it's going to be, but constantly when I'm thinking about purchasing machines, I'm trying to get ones from different eras or like the first one with speech or like this, you know, the first stern machine that had this or etc. 
And that's something I'm going to think about in the future. And as well, when I'm selling machines, that's something that I also think about. Whoa, we have a minute and a half here. Okay, I'm going to really try, try to quickly go through the year here. Let's just look at interviews. Krista Pintern right here. Yes, okay, so here's Krista Pintern chatting with us on March 11th about his missions for Louisville. Then, unfortunately, on March 11th, I had to let everybody know that E3 and South by Southwest was canceled. Here we talked about Hot Wheels for a bit. Here we talked about Overrated. Oh, my gosh. I was probably the first person March 25th. Pinberg, an honest conversation. That's when I guessed that Pinberg wasn't going to go. And then, it, yeah. Back then, people were saying I was wrong. So, keep going. Ed Robertson stole my tagline. That was at the Twippies, he said. And remember, pinball nerds. To eat, sleep, breathe pinball. And I was like, I don't care. I think it's hilarious. I, I just think it's awesome that more than likely Ed Robertson has heard my show, I'm guessing. At least once to have, I don't know, heard that. Maybe he heard me on Top 3 with Orby and then came over here to the Pinball Nerds podcast. And you know what? I think that's happened a lot. There's a lot more to say for the year in review. But you know what? That gets us caught up all the way to when COVID starts. And I don't really want to talk more about that. I saw Laura Fraley was on here. Then I didn't do interviews for four or five months. I was in a tough spot. You guys know that. Um, who else was on the show? Franchi was on the show this year. I'm not going to have time to stream through all these. Um, we did a, 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 another couple of fun things that were fun was I did Twitch Timber. I donated over $100 to different Twitch streamers there. Not that that's a lot, but for me, not having tons of income, you know, it was a fair amount. I had Chris Stevens. Loved having Chris Stevens. I had Jedi McMuffin on here. That was great. Make sure you watch him on Twitch. He's really cool. Um, I do want to do some more interviews. I still want to have Drew and Ian hopefully next year sometime. I'm not sure. I know they're busy as heck, but I am going to get them on here for you listeners. And I want you all to know that I absolutely sincerely love you. And I know that sounds weird because you're like, Orby, you don't know each and every one of us. Well, you know what? I only get between 150 and 250 listens and I've met thousands of pinball nerds. And here's the thing that's uniquely special about my show more than any others. I know probably 90% of the people out there listening and the ones that I don't know, I will meet until next time. Remember to eat, sleep and breathe pinball.